Hi, this is Ben Lowell of Back to the Bible Canada. On our final message, we conclude this series called Christmas Conversations and Interview Series with a discussion between Dr. Newfeld and Pastor Pat Sabell on Christmas worship. Let's listen in. Hi, it's Dr. John Newfeld here with Back to the Bible Canada, and it's a joy in our Christmas conversations to have Pastor Pat Sabell with me here today. Pastor Pat, I know that you're a worship pastor, so you're the only one that we've had that actually does worship. But first of all, what a joy to have you. Welcome to Back to the Bible Canada. Um, I'd like to start by simply asking you to tell me a little bit about your own testimony. Pat, how'd you come to Christ? Well, I was uh, raised in a Christian home uh, from a family of pastors and evangelists, and uh, my mom really loved Jesus, and she always uh, tried to point us in that direction. I had an older brother that um, I, I really loved, and he was kind of heading down a bad path, and I thought it was kind of cool, and I was going to go with him. And at 13 years of age, I uh, woke up one morning. My mom had told me that my brother had spent the night at the church, and uh, I was a little bit jealous. I don't know what happened, but something in my heart just triggered, and I wanted, all of a sudden, had this deep desire to know Jesus. And so... I found myself at the church that day in minus 45-degree weather uh, in, a, in a nursery because it was the only warm room in the building, uh, crying out to God. Uh, my grandmother lived across the street, and I, I woke her up, and she came and joined me. And for hours, uh, we sat there and worshiped Jesus. And uh, my life was rocked by Jesus that, that day. And uh, felt called to, to the ministry at the same time, just God awakened me. And uh, it was a glorious encounter, and uh, yeah, that, that's it. But I think if I'm hearing you now, you're telling me that, that your call to Christ and your call to pastoral ministry happened pretty much at the same time, I think is what you're saying. It really did. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was at that moment that you sensed that God was calling you to full-time Christian work at the same time. It was. There's yeah. nothing else you could do. I, I went home and took a table leaf at uh, 13 years of age and put it in my room, the leaf of our table, and started to just study the Bible. And uh, my mom would come and knock on my door, and she'd say, the, 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 the kids are playing soccer across the road. You don't... You don't want to go and play with them. And she was almost to the point of concern that maybe there was something wrong with me as I just uh, devoured the Bible. Um, and and the more I devoured the Bible, the, the more my affection for Jesus uh, took over. And I just, I, I could hardly wait for the day when, when I was going to serve the church. Um, you are pastoring in a church called Crossway Church. It's a non-denominational church. Um, and you, I think were the founding pastor there. Is that correct? Yeah, planted it uh, May, this coming May will be 18 years. 18 years, yeah. I mean, I've been in the church many times, and I've watched you lead worship. I've watched you preach as well, and you are a very good preacher. Mm, um, and at the same time, I don't know that I've ever been in a worship service as arranged as the one that you lead is. So clearly, and, and we're going to talk about Christmas in a little while, but I do want to talk to you about how you understand worship. I mean, in this week when we're having these Christmas conversations, uh, you're the only guy that we're going to talk to about worship. And I think you've thought through worship significantly so. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you perceive worship to be. What's your philosophy of worship? Well, I think, I think what's key is that we, we make sure that uh, 
It's, it's about God's glory. It's centered on the person and work of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's stop there for a while. So you've mentioned three things, the glory of God, yeah. the person of Jesus, yeah. who he is. Yeah. It's Christmas, so that's a huge issue. Right. And then the work of Christ, which centers on the cross. Right? right, right. And are those three things, I mean, I've been with you, and I think those three things are always central. Yeah, we, we want to be telling the story of Jesus, the gospel story, every time we gather. Um, we, we live in a, a day and age where we're prone to wander. We never wander into more Christ-likeness. We always wander away, and our culture, the world, our, the flesh, the devil is always seeking to pull us away from Christ. And so uh, we, we have people who are coming into our churches, and their eyes are, are downward. They're, they're belly button gazing is what I like to say. There's a focus on themselves, an inward focus of what they're not doing and how they're not measuring up, and I need to do more of this, and I need to do this to be accepted. And so I want to I preach Christ. I want to proclaim Christ, not only just in the preaching of God's Word, but from the beginning, from the moment we arrive on Sunday mornings till the time we leave, we want to make sure that Jesus, that their eyes are being lifted to see Jesus because Jesus is the only one that can can offer them hope in the midst of what's going on in their life. So from the, the moment people walk in and hear the first strains of music, yeah. which is common in any church, yeah. but you want to be gospel-centered, yeah. Christ-centered in everything that you do. Now, when we, you know, Pat, we're going to have more time to talk about this, but I've noticed that you've done something. You've combined contemporary worship. I've noticed that there are many times that when I have been in worship where you've led, where you've actually taken us through an ancient Christian creed. Mm-hmm. And then there are times when you'll stop the entire congregation and we will actually pray together a prayer of repentance that's on the overhead. Right. Now, you've woven those elements together. Yeah. Um, where did that come to you? Well, I think it came from uh, just an understanding of how we, how we uh, proclaim the gospel from the beginning to the end of our service. Pat, I think it's really important that worship become a part of an individual's life, not only on Sunday but every day. So how do I, as a worshiper, how would I view what happens at worship? How do I move into a worship experience myself? I mean, what, what should be happening? How do I prepare myself? So I just watch the show and say, do it to me, yeah. but how do I enter deeply in? Well, I, I think the temptation is, is that we want people to respond, but we're not necessarily giving them something that's worth a response. And so there's so many churches out there that are singing singing man-centered songs, singing me-centered songs, and they're already in that place where they're feeling they're not measuring up. They're not I, I, I need to point them to Christ. And so that worship leader, that worst those people that are on the stage leading, they're they're calling them. God is calling them, but they're they're assisting. They're saying, come and behold Christ. See Christ. And so if we're not if we're not doing that, it does become a bit about a, a, a performance and the people out there are singing the songs, but they're singing a lot of the songs are going, wow, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I really need help. And, and I, you know, I just, there's a sense, of, I, I hear it in a lot of our songs calling people to, to, to do more and to, uh, but there's a sense where we need to, we need to portray Christ. We need to say, look at, in spite of what's been going on in your life this week, 
can you see how great and how glorious, how worthy God is of our praise? And I think if we are doing that on the stage, we're calling people, we're giving them something in the lyric <laughs> that they can that they can bite into and go, oh, that's what Jesus has done. And and uh, I've seen it. I see it on a regular basis. People that are coming, they're coming in weary. They're coming in burdened. They're coming in with with cares and struggles and real pain in their life. Uh, I want to remind them. That's my job to remind them that that Jesus has paid it all. That Jesus is walking with them. That Jesus cares. That Jesus is is with them in the trial. And so we need to we need to make sure that we're helping people engage people people i've have seen it in my own life it, if i if i am at a conference and we're singing a song and i just can't i can't connect to it because there's just nothing there to connect to uh, I, I'm, I'm finding myself uh, not wanting to participate, but when there's something that I can help them and bring them to and say, look at that song, a song like, Before the Throne of God Above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. And then the second verse, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, what's he doing? All week, he's accusing you. He's saying, you don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. You didn't do that right. You should have been more kind to your wife, the way you talk to your children. And so we come into to church, and, and we're more aware of... We're, we've been taking 10 looks at ourselves for every one look at Christ. I want to help those people. I want to help them to say, can you see Christ? See him afresh and see what he's done for you. See see. See him in a manger. See his perfect life. See him on the cross. See him risen and ascended. See Jesus. See his glory. And uh, that's our only hope. If we don't have that, we have nothing else. And so I want to help my congregation through through scriptures, through liturgy, through creeds. Uh, I want to be constantly bringing them back because we wander and say, behold the Lamb. I'd like to know from you whether or not Christmas does something different for you or whether it's simply a proclamation of what's been happening up till now. So I think that's what we can talk about. Anyway, we're taking a break now and we'll be back in just a little while uh, with Pastor Pat Sabell. Drink in the splendor of the Alaskan wilderness on our Alaska Adventure Cruise. Join us July 3rd to the 10th, 2016, on board the Celebrity Infinity for a week of spiritual refreshment as you take in the awe-inspiring beauty of Alaska. Bible teaching from Back to the Bible, Canada's own Dr. John Newfeld. Join in the laughter with Laugh-Again's Phil Calloway and musical guest Amanda Stott. This summer is a great time to join us in Alaska with family and friends and enjoy God's creation for a week of fellowship, fun, worship, and laughter. Be sure to book early to secure any special deals or rates the cruise line may be able to offer. And for more information or to book your vacation, just visit backtothebible.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425. And as a reminder, all cost of ministry vacation events are covered entirely by those who participate. Now for the conclusion of our message, let's go back to the Bible with Dr. John Newfeld.
I'm back with Pastor Pat Sabell, and uh, we wanted to talk briefly about the elements of worship that you think need to be in every single service. So talk about that. Well, I, I think um, it's important that there's a liturgy and that the liturgy is centered on Christ um, for the glory of God. Uh, I would say that, um, you know, that there's, you know, it doesn't, the liturgies of all the churches doesn't have to look exactly like mine, but what is important is that Jesus Christ and the gospel is clearly portrayed in our services. So um, we begin every Sunday morning with a call to worship. And that call is not me calling the people to come and worship, but that call is a call that's come from God. God the Father, before time, initiated uh, that relationship with us. He's the one that's calling us. So we begin with a call to worship, and then we, and then we spend some time exalting God. We, we behold God, and we see how big and how—so we want to, either through scriptures or through old creeds or through hymns or through— contemporary modern songs. We want songs, scriptures that talk about the greatness and the bigness of God. That's kind of the Isaiah 6 picture. Right. He, has a, he has a picture of how glorious, how great God is. And then that leads us to a confession where Isaiah, Isaiah 6 says, woe is me. He sees the bigness, the greatness, the glory of God. And so we paint a picture for our church. Can you see? You've been looking downward and outward and focused on other things, but can you see again afresh how big God is? And then that leads us to a place of confession where we confess and we, we ask God to, to forgive us and have mercy on us. And then we, we, we want to assure people of their forgiveness, assure them of their pardon. And so we sing songs or we use creeds that remind us of what Jesus has done. You, you are no longer a slave to sin. You're not bound in that sin. Christ has set you free. Christ has forgiven you. So then we, we move on for, from that assurance of pardon to thanksgiving. Uh, and then from thanksgiving, we, <clears throat> we transition to the preaching of God's word. And then we, we move on to the Lord's Supper after the, the, the preached word, which is just a practical, a visible picture of everything we've been communicating through the service. You know, Pat, there's so much we could talk about, but let's now bring that into Christmas. It's Christmas, and uh, we're now having this adoration of, of Christ, the newborn babe in the manger. Is there something that you do different at Christmas time? Or do you follow that same pattern, but infuse it with a Christmas message? Can you talk about what for you becomes your philosophy at this time of the year? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's uh, the same as always in the sense of we want to proclaim Christ. Uh, the, the emphasis at Christmas is obviously on his incarnation, the fact that Christ has come uh, to this earth and so uh, I know for a long time I had a really bad attitude about Christmas carols. Oh, did you? Tell, yeah. Can you tell why that would be? Uh, I think it's just uh, some of the, the melodies and some of the older the, the styles and uh, the way they, they were sung. And um, it bothered me a little bit that everywhere I went, I heard them. And I, I don't know. I think it was just something. It was kind of a personal. Oh, Pat, I, let me see. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but... Sometimes Christmas degenerates to nostalgia um, rather than the kind of things that we've been talking about here, the glory of God, the person of Christ, which at Christmas, of course, we have the two natures of Christ. We've been talking about that this week. Yeah. Um, and so 
you know, nostalgia up against the, the glory of this. Yeah. So how do you take people who want to feel nostalgic yeah. at Christmas time? Yeah. There's a feeling around Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I think just caution against drift because uh, our culture is – our culture loves Christmas. Uh, the, the world loves Christmas. And you go in the mall and they're, they're playing the same songs we're singing uh, on Sunday mornings. So we want to help people and I think we can help people by – even communicating the truths of some of these carols that we're singing, um, and and adding scriptures, uh, texts to to our, our services that are that are clearly articulating uh, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, how Jesus has come to this earth, and why He's come to this earth. So we want to make sure that that when we're using Christmas carols, uh, you know, and I think it's. There's just so, so many glorious truths in these Christmas carols. Right. So, so stop and take some time to unpack some of those and 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 teach your church uh, what 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 this is all about. I mean, do, don't just fly through and do Christmas carols because everybody else is doing it, but make sure you're you're drawing people's attention again to this specific aspect of the gospel of Christ coming uh, to, to 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 earth. Now, now, Pat, there's going to be uh, worship pastors that are listening to us here now, and, uh, and they're going to ask you, and so I'm going to ask them for you, uh, are there some Christmas carols that you think we really should sing, and are some, maybe I just take a chance with you, are there some we really shouldn't sing? Yeah, um, I, actually, I wish, wish I would have had some time to think about that, but there's a, there's a, uh, a, a new uh, Sovereign Grace album that came out last Christmas called Prepare Him Room. Ah. And there's some great carols on there. There's uh, Oh Holy Night uh, with a, a few different verses. They, they wrote a few uh, added verses, took out some of the stuff of, that was on there. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking for stuff that are, are clearly communicating uh, uh, the truth of who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, how Jesus came. And, and um, I think it's just important to, to, to really look over carols before you're, you're going to sing them. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's helpful or not. Well, I, I think it I've is helpful. Well, it, it, perhaps it does. But, you know, you've been talking about those elements of worship. So, and I was thinking about how those elements of worship would actually relate to the actual Christmas story. I mean, whether it's the Christmas story itself, um, you know, the wise men coming and that come to worship, the angels, I mean, sorry, the shepherds that come. Um, as well as the theology behind it, right? God has come to visit us right. in human form. Right. Um, so, you know, you have those elements, and you want to make sure. I mean, you know the person who's going to be preaching, they're yeah. going to be talking about right. the Christmas story. Right. So, I mean, there's got to be some kind of a preparation for that. So yeah. you've thought that through. You've done that for many years. Mm-hmm. What are the elements that you put out in a Christmas uh, worship service? Well, I think it's connected to to a, a typical liturgy. Um, so you don't make any changes in that sense? I don't think we would, no. Um, we're, it's, it's been probably the last couple of years that I've read books like Brian Chapel called Christ-Centered Worship and um, a book called Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper that have kind of really transformed my thinking on our Sunday gathering and the need to proclaim the gospel. Uh, so what has transformed your thinking in those books? So. I think just the the sense of the typical uh, gathering would be we'd sing a couple fast songs, we'd sing a couple slow songs, we'd take up the offering, we would hear the preacher, 
and uh, sing a song and go home. I mean, that was kind of how typically I thought about uh, a Sunday gathering, that, yeah, we love Jesus, we want to sing songs about Jesus. But so to have a structure uh, like we do now, um, I think it's it's just serve the people to be reminded. So at Christmas, I want to remind the people uh, specifically of Christ coming, st- stepping down into darkness and, and taking on the form uh, of a man, taking on the nature of man. Um, so we'll, we'll use songs that do that. We'll look for songs that do that. Uh, Pat, let's talk now about uh, something about the individual believer that comes to church. How do I, as a, a believer who goes to church, how do I prepare myself to worship at Christmas time? Well, don't get caught up in everything that's going on outside of... There, there's an objective truth that never changes. And so love your Bible, read your Bible, um, read the Christmas story, and let that affect you deeply. Um, and then when you come together on Sunday, there's a sense where your heart is already warmed and stirred by the reality that Christ has come. Christ is born. Um, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So I think just like, you know, the danger is that Christmas becomes about everything but Christ. We want Christ. We want our people to be keeping Christ at the center. Okay, uh, Pat, before I leave you, uh, I know that you've just released an album of worship. So would you tell us what it is? Yeah, it's called Revive Us Again. And uh, you could go on iTunes and download it. Revive Us Again, and it's Pat Sabell. Yeah, songs written by myself and my two sons. And your two sons. And Pat, we're looking forward to that. Thank you so much for spending the time. And I want to say to you, Pat, Merry Christmas to you and to your family. God bless you. You know, it's been a real joy to have Christmas conversations for one week. We've talked to different people about various Christmas themes, and I'm so delighted that you've had a part of that. And and I want to speak to you as uh, the Bible teacher here at Back to the Bible. And as we are entering into the Christmas season, I trust that what we've done here this week will help you to celebrate Christmas in a way that befits the glory of Christ. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Dr. John Newfeld. You know, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. As we approach another Christmas season, we're reminded of what it is that we celebrate, the coming of the Redeemer. On today's program, we've been reminded of this question of why a Savior? You know, as Christians, we've been called not only to believe and live out the Gospel, but we also share and proclaim it. And as a ministry, we've been given an incredible privilege to respond to this calling through teaching the Bible on the air every day. During the Christmas season, we become increasingly aware of the significance of this privilege. This past year has been filled with blessing. Daily, we receive notes and emails reminding us of the life-changing power of telling the story of Jesus. But we are also very aware that we could not do this on our own. December is the most critical time of the year for Back to the Bible financially. One-fifth of our entire year's giving happens between now and the end of the year. And these resources are critical as we plan the year ahead. So I want to ask you, will you stand with us? Your gift is vital as we work toward our year-end ministry goal of $390,000. So will you join us for the great work that is still to be accomplished? 
Help us to stir a spiritual revival in our land through the teaching of God's Word, the greatest story ever heard. To donate, please visit backtothebible.ca or call 1-800-663-2425. That's 1-800-663-2425.